right, humans, we're not we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not going to do it. Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show. This is your cast for Friday, June 23rd. Of course, you can listen to this whenever you want, but the earliest you can hear it is June 23rd, 2023. Happy summer, humans. The summer solstice has come and gone, and we are living in summertime, baby. And you know I'm happy as a pig in slop, as they say. We have some fun topics. We have some fun topics to talk about today. We will talk about the submersible, the Titan. We will talk about it. But we're also going to talk about some... Actually, we have... We have a couple heavy-handed topics here today, human. So we're gonna we're gonna mix it up. We'll get heavy. We'll get light. Like the late Tina Turner used to sing in the intro to uh, "Rolling on a River." You know, we're gonna we're gonna do the beginning of the song, and we're gonna do it nice and easy, and then we're gonna do it rough. So parts of the show are gonna be rough, and parts of the show are gonna be nice and easy. But we're gonna get there. We're going to get there. So, humans, we're going to talk a little bit about the submersible. I'm recording this at 7.52 p.m. on Thursday night. It appears it's been confirmed that it did implode. So, uh, may those people rest in peace. But we're ta- we'll talk about it nonetheless. Humans, we're also going to talk about this new... I don't know what we want to call it. Fortune cookie, uh, Snapple cap phenomenon. Everyone's getting in on it. We're going to talk about the e-bike fires in New York City. And, and probably everywhere, but specifically in New York City, because that's where I'm based. I've got a question for you about the College World Series. Something from the listener line a while back is in the news. We have a costume contest coming up. We have a contest costume costume contest coming up, and I'm pushing it back by a week because I realized now that I'm doing these shows weekly, it's just not enough notice. You need, I need, we need the repetition. You have to hear it several times before you even think that's something I'm going to do. You need the repetition. We need another episode in there where I'm just talking about it. And frankly, the new date I've picked out makes a lot more sense because it's after what for many of us will be a long, long holiday weekend. There will be plenty of time to record a quick submission during that time. So I will get to the costume contest in a bit, but for your information, the new deadline is lunchtime on July 5th. That's a Wednesday. Oh, and another uplifting topic for today, humans, a climate change. Climate change. So like I said, we're going to have fun. We're going to we're gonna do it uh, nice and easy. And then we're going to do it nice and rough. So let's get to the topic du jour. The topic on everyone's minds. Of course, what a week. What a sad, tragic ending for these, um, for these souls on the uh, Titan submersible but man oh man weren't we just talking about the titanic around here i mean we have our finger on the pulse of society 
We knew the Titanic. We knew the Titanic was a red hot hot button issue. We knew. We just knew. We inherently knew here at the show. Like all this Titanic stuff all week long. And I'm like, man, we were just talking about this. We were just, I was just imagining this boat. And now I'm seeing like underwater images of it. And again, not to make light of the tragedy, but I mean, I am, I am pointing out that we were just talking about it and, and, and hey, I am excited about the fact that we've done it again here at the show. And I don't think I believe in ghosts. I don't think I believe in spirits. But does any part of me, does any part of you think that like, hey, maybe, by the way, I, I want to get to my ghost takes, but humans, there's like a high school dance, maybe a prom. There's a, um, there's one of those banquet halls you can rent out rooms in here near my home. But there's also like an American Legion place near my home. And I think there's one there tonight. Oh. My window's been closed, but let's open it and try to hear some of this commotion. Not as crazy as I thought. But ruining my ghost take. Hold on, humans. Let's get reset up here. And my windows are all closed because I knew it was going to be a noisy. You know, sometimes I'll leave one cracked for airflow, but nope. Doing my best to preserve the sound in this room. So, humans, not that I believe in ghosts, I don't think I do. But. Does any part of me, does any part of you, do do any of us wonder, like, hey, if there is such a thing, there's probably a certain energy down there. You know, a lot of people are laid to rest. I mean, I imagine there's like, I don't know, how, do, how long do skeletons last in salt water? But does, does, does... Is it possible, you know, that it's just like, hey, the ghosts were like, you shouldn't be creeping around here. You're going to be one of us now. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering a lot. Again, not making light. Not making light, but, but that's where my mind wandered to at some point this week. And you know what? This could age terribly. It could come out like these... You know, it could come out who these people are, the passengers, and I'll get canceled for even, like, you know, ruminating aloud like that. Because I'm recording this, like, the night that they figured out that it was, uh, it had imploded. Or that's what they've decided. You know, maybe things will change in the morning. But that's what the New York Times has even chimed in and said. But we went there, humans. Okay. <laughs> Finger on the pulse of the world. Finger on the pulse of the world. So humans, a while back, I pointed out that like Splenda now has like collectible like little sayings on Splenda. So it's almost like you want to get all the Splendas and read them before you dump them into your coffee. 
And I was likening this to like fortune cookies and like, I don't know, it feels like fucking state quarters or something. Well, someone else has joined the game. Heinz, you can now, now if you get ketchup packets at a restaurant, they have the different states on them. So I ended up with ketchup packets after ordering a burger and fries recently to go. And um, I had these Heinz tomato ketchup, little, you know, the little foil rectangles, ketchup packets. And it says on the top, the United Sauce of America, the, oh, excuse me, the United States of Sauce America, the United States of Sauce America. Then it shows, then it says New Jersey. So this one says New Jersey. And it's a picture of like a Taylor ham or a pork roll. You know, that's a big debate there. Do you call the breakfast uh, pork meat a Taylor ham or a pork roll? But it's a, it's a Taylor ham or a pork roll. Uh, looks like egg sandwich. And then it's on the Jersey Shore, and there's like a little amusement pier in the background and some seagulls and a kite. So that would be, you know, they're representing the Jersey Shore, and I guess she would put ketchup on the signature food there. And then the other one, and interestingly enough, you know, my mom's from New Jersey, so I have a place that's near and dear to my heart. I still have some relatives that live there. And frankly, I love the Jersey Shore in the summertime. I absolutely love it. Would love to have a home. I would love to have a home there one day. And then the other one was a, is a state near, near and dear to my heart, the United States of Sauce America, and this one's Georgia. And this one's a little bit weirder because it looks like there's some like peach trees in the background, and like a farming field. And then there's a goalpost with a football going through it in the background. And then there's something in like one of those like fry baskets, like uh, you know those like those like baskets you get at like a maybe like a roadside diner where it's sort of uh, it's like a miniature version of a laundry basket. It's kind of like half of a football, but they're usually red, and they're like. You know, not perforated, but it's like a red round grid. And then you put like wax paper in it. And that, that serves as like a plate, a reusable plate at a restaurant. So, so it's one of those with like a ketchup uh, sauce thing in front of it. And there's something in there. Now, I'm, they're not suggesting that we put ketchup on peaches. So I don't know what's supposed to be in this little basket. I mean, it could pass for like oversized hash browns, maybe. Or maybe tiny little sliders. Uh, it's a tough one. I honestly can't tell. But nevertheless, Heinz has joined the... Let's make the little thing unique game. So... Collect them all. Yeah. What do you get? What do you get if you get all 50 states in the Heinz ketchup packet? The summer promo. I don't know. Oh, and humans, I want to talk about another infomercial I saw. But I'm kind of all over the place today, humans. Not because I don't have... Listen, just to be honest. 
not too beefy of topics here today. Just a lot of rolling topics. A lot of rolling topics. We are going to break down that costume contest a little bit more here for you. Um, oh, you know what? I got so distracted by these people outside making all this racket. When I was talking about the Titanic and the submersible that it's imploded. Near it, we're led to believe. Uh, I, you know, thinking about ghosts. I mean, you think about it, though. That would be creepy. You'd be hard-pressed to get me. You'd be hard-pressed to get me to go in, like, a mansion where a bunch of people perished. You'd also be hard-pressed to get me in a submarine going around the Titanic. I mean, it would be interesting, but it, I have a hard time even looking at ocean, oceanographic ocean floor footage of the you know decomposing titanic without thinking man like people were probably holding on to that exact railing for like a dear life you know um so yeah i mean if there were ghosts down there or like a spirit that's like no you don't belong here and now we you know you're part of me now you're part of me i killed all these people a hundred years ago and I'm not done. I wanted to somehow liken that to the uh, scene in Jurassic Park where the guy goes, I bet you'll never look at birds the same way again. <laughs> I kind of want to say, I bet you'll never look at the Titanic the same way again. I bet you'll never watch Titanic the same way again. She means the amount of foot traffic outside my window, and I just had another peek. And it is all teenagers and like prom wear. Um, this is a Thursday night, you know. This is what that's New York City for you, man. That's New York City. There's just not enough places, and places on the weekends that probably are out the wazoo price wise. Um, I theorize that they must have had some kind of an earlier dinner in the VA hall near me, and now they're all walking to the banquet hall on the other side of me. Hence, all this commotion. That's my theory, at least. All right, so we've covered my Titanic takes. Thank you for humoring me. Humoring me. Let's do World Series real quick here. The College World Series is on. The College Women's World Series is over. The College Men's World Series is on. And I just can't help but thinking, is everyone there, parents? Is everyone their parents and family of the players? And the reason I think that is because, you know, ESPN, right before college football season starts, they're always cramming the Little League World Series down our throats. And I go out of my way to avoid it. I go out of my way to avoid it. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see... You know what I dislike about it? One, I guess there's some amount of jealousy that I wasn't on television when I was that young. But what I also hate is how they have the best gear, you know? We're slowly just in the world where everything is so disposable and everyone just spends so much money on things. It's like, now children have the same sunglasses as Major League Baseball players. And when I was a kid, on my high horse, and when I was a kid, it was just, you looked rinky-dink when you played sports 
Yeah, you had uniforms, but they were poorly fitting. They didn't look like the pros. They looked like you were in middle school. They looked like you were in high school. Now everyone's got top of the line, like top to bottom, Adidas this, top to bottom, Reebok that. And like, it's it's stupid. Like the kids with the eye black and the, the, the sunglasses that I can't even afford. <clears throat> Mommy and daddy spending money on their prodigies. Or so they think. I don't know. I dislike it. But when ESPN's cramming that down my throat and I can't avoid it, though I try, I just watch it. I'm like, these are all just parents. No one, no one's flocking to like Omaha or wherever the hell they call it, Little Kid World Series is. I think that's where it is. Maybe the College World Series is there too. No one's flocking there to watch these tiny children play baseball. And I, and college. Baseball, to me, is so inconsequential, I can't imagine doing that either. Of course, I'm a Tennessee fan because I went there, and I went and saw their men's basketball team play in the Garden. But <laughs> that was because it was in the freaking, like, what, what the tournament. Um, What was it, the Elite Eight or something? Um, Or Sweet 16, one of the two. I just, are all the people that go to College World Series games, like, family members? Convince me otherwise, humans. Convince me otherwise. Maybe there's nothing to do in the town, wherever it is. Is that in Omaha, too? I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> all right, there's an infomercial that I've been watching recently. Well, you guys know, I was watching the Showtime Rotisserie infomercial with Ron Popeil of Ronco. And the other night I was watching a sequel to that, which is um, the Ronco Food Dehydrator, also an older one, throwback from the late 90s, probably mid to late 90s. And there was just a line in this that really, really made me laugh. And so, you know, like I said, with these infomercials, it's always like the entrepreneur and you know, for, for whatever reason, it tends to be a guy, and then they'll bring on, like, a professional TV host kind of a gal. And, and uh, you know, hopefully there's there's others where it's the other way around, but that's the way these were filmed in the 90s, at least. And so this would be the TV host gal, and she's gone into the crowd and is interviewing people in the crowd that are there for the, uh, you know, the show. But, you know, if we're peeking behind the curtain, they're there for the taping of a infomercial. But nevertheless, this is the this is the ho the professional television host who's, you know, ooing and eyeing at all the things that Ron has been showing about this food dehydrator. And now she's in the crowd uh, interviewing the crowd. So let's 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 have a listen. Do you use your dehydrator much and what for? My husband's deployed on the USS Kitty Hawk and oh. They don't get back till December. First port that they came in, he doesn't call to say, how are you? It's send more jerky. <laughs> send more jerky. <laughs> now, here's why that cracks me up. One, it's just predictable and lame. Like, you would just say that, like, of course there wasn't. I mean, this person was not attractive. So I, I can't imagine they were an audience plant. They seem like someone that would want to go to a infomercial taping. Um, 
But of course they would have someone saying that in an infomercial. That's not surprising. But what I think is funny, if you really peel, and I think this person is real. Like I said, they were not, they did not have the appearance of, of someone who would thrive on television. I, what makes me think about it is like, well, maybe your husband doesn't really want to talk to you. You know, maybe he is just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my mandatory call. I've gotten to port, and you know I've got to call you every time I get here. And um, I said more jerky. Now that's one. That's a one pessimistic way to look at it. You use your dehydrator much, and what for? My husband's deployed on the USS Kitty Hawk, and oh. they don't get back till December. First port that they came in, he doesn't call to say how are you. It's send more jerky. Send more jerky. <laughs> Now, I think that was a pretty pessimistic first take on my behalf. But when I was watching this the other night, that's really what I thought at first. <clears throat> but that was just sort of the, that's the, for me, humans, that's the creative process. I kind of have a thought, and then I have another thought, and then I have another thought. You know, sometimes in the comedy world, or at least the world of improvisational comedy, you kind of, uh, Talk about A to seeing something. You know, you have your A, that would be the clip. Then you have B, that's your first thought, you know. But you're trying to A to see it. You're kind of trying to, like, make that leap. In certain situations, in improvised, in improvised comedy humans. So this isn't quite A to seeing, but my creative process is I have a thought, and then I have another thought, and I keep expanding on that, and I kind of just... It, it, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just where my mind is going. It's just how I'm on... on, on, on how... I'm unwrapping this. So then I think to myself, that's pessimistic. That's cheap. That's just cheap. The guy probably would care about, you know, you're probably bored with all the dudes you're, you're uh, shipped with on the USS Kitty Hawk anyway. You probably, probably do want to hear what's going on at home. But probably part of it feels like a chore. Come on, let's be honest. Um, but then I thought, you know, though, they're selling this machine. They're selling this food dehydrator. Why would they put this in? Why would they keep this in? They probably interviewed everyone in the audience. Then I got to thinking, ah, what Ron Popeil is trying to say is, if you get the food dehydrator, your husband will have a reason to call when he's deployed. If you get the food dehydrator, your wife will have a reason to call when she's deployed. It's it's a, it's like a different... It's like, hey, 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 you're always worried. You're always worried that they're, they're, they're getting off the boat and they're playing grab ass and they're going to those parts of town where, you know, there's, there's prostitutes for sailors. You know, God, I don't want him to forget about me. Or I don't want her to forget about me. You know, it doesn't matter. Oh, but if I make the jerky, if I make the jerky, they'll eat the jerky. And then when they get to the next port, they'll so send more jerky. They're not going to resent the call. They're not going to resent, oh, I got a call every time I go to port. They're going to say, ah, I still have to make this call, but I actually have a reason to. I have a reason to make this call. I need more jerky. Keep your partner 
in love with you. That's that's Ron's angle right there. Boy, that's some shrewd, shrewd salesmanship. It's it's for the ones left at home that are just praying that when they when their when their sailor mate is running amok out in <laughs> Bangkok <laughs> that they want they have a reason to call. They have a reason to remember to call home. Hats off to you, Ron. That is same that is some good salesmanship. And again, I believe that lady's real, but but they chose to keep that one in for a reason. That's a heartstring tugger. It's like one degree away from being fear mongering. To me. To me. Let's hear it one more time. You use your dehydrator much? And what for? My husband's deployed on the USS Kitty Hawk. And oh. they don't get back till December. First port that they came in, he doesn't call to say, how are you? It's send more jerky. <laughs> now, humans, since, we, since we're talking about it, I am, I am curious. I was like, what is the USS Kitty Hawk? Well, it was a United States Navy supercarrier. Uh, aircraft carrier, but a super carrier. So I guess, I guess a huge one. And, uh, it was commissioned April 29th, 1961 and decommissioned May 12th, 2009. How do you like that? <laughs> that guy was eating jerky high on the hog there on the USS Kitty Hawk. All right, human speaking of the ocean. Well, speaking of aircraft carriers, aircraft carriers sail on the ocean. I went to the beach the other day. See, this, this is A to seeing. A, we were talking about an aircraft carrier. B would be the ocean. Okay. And C is something I saw on the way to the ocean the other day. Humans, I went to the beach here in New York City as, I'm, as I'd like try to do once a week here in the summertime. And the beach I go to, I have to walk across a field to get to the area behind the dunes. And then you have to walk and, you know, go to one of those pathways to get between the dunes. And this time of year, in fact, anytime I go in the summer, the grass in this field, huge field is lush, lush. Now we're in, you know, we're in late June. Okay. It wasn't even the first official day of summer. Last weekend when I went. So it wasn't too hot or humid. But I'm used to walking across that field and it's humid. But it's humid and that, that grass is wet. You know, damp looking. Not quite damp, but you know, you know it's full of moisture. And it's lush and it's bright green. Let me tell you something. I've walked across that field... On Sunday of last week, and it was a freaking buzzkill. And I do mean a buzzkill because it had a beer or two on the ferry on the way out there. And the field was kind of faded, kind of brown, the way grass looks in October, November, when it's kind of dying and fading out. Now, it was fuller than that. But I mean, it looked like fall grass kind of dying vibes, vibes, October, November. And it was giving my brain 
it was like throwing off my senses, just like when our sky turned red and dark two Wednesdays ago here in New York City, and it was like throwing me off because I'm like, it's two in the afternoon. Why does it feel like nighttime? This was like, it's late June, mid-June. Why? Why does it look like it's autumn? This happened here last year in New York City, folks, humans. We were in a drought. The trees started wilting. The edges of the leaves were turning yellow on these, what are usually green leafy trees, and they were still green and leafy, but the edges of the trees, the leaves were turning yellow. And I'm not trying to bum anybody out here, but it bummed me the hell out, and I was trying to have a nice beach day. And I'm going to have to, like, you know, I'm going to have to make peace with it, but I don't want to make peace with it. That's why I'm bringing it up. So we're like, we're like in a drought. Not a terrible drought. We were doing okay for rainfall at the beginning of May, but then we've been behind. And last, I'm comparing this to last summer now. Last summer, we had all these days where it was supposed to rain. You know, you just have those washout weeks. You have those washout weekends in the summer sometimes here on the East Coast. And, you know, you're bummed. You're like, God damn it, it's summer. I want to go to the beach. I want to do this and that. Well, we would have what was supposed to be a washout weekend or a washout three or four days in a row. And it would be cloudy and muggy, but then when it would rain, it would barely rain at all. It would, it would, it would like, you know, the atmosphere would look like it was a washout weekend, but then it would barely rain at all. And when it did, it would just, it wouldn't even be that hard. It wouldn't be for very long. And that already happened last night. We were supposed to get soaked last night. We were supposed to have a soaker last night. And I left my windows cracked. I mean, I do this time of year anyway, and I was excited to hear the rain in the middle of the night. Woke up this morning, it was barely dropping, like, just little drops here and there. And I looked outside at our tree that's outside of my window. It's in a little tree bed. And the tree bed wasn't even wet. Like, the sidewalk was wet, but there wasn't enough rain to trickle through all the leaves and then run down the tree to get the tree bed wet. And then run down the leaves and drip off and get the tree bed wet. It was bone dry. It was supposed to have rained all night last night. Not trying to freak you guys out. Not trying to ruin your mood. But you know, when the Dust Bowl happened in the Midwest, or in the well, halfway out in the West, I guess it's not the Midwest, but halfway out in the West, where, wherever the hell those places are, you know, California, Northern California, and the East Coast were still lush. We're, East Coast is supposed to be lush, humid, wet. It's kind of frightening. I went to Prospect Park last summer in August, and the grass was doing this dead kind of thing. Anyway, I hope it's just temporary. But isn't that what we've been saying? Like a big year of drought last summer, and it's like, oh, I hope it's just temporary. And then it's like, oh, we're starting another summer drought, and the grass is already, like, looking dead out of the beach. Hmm. I don't want to, I, I want to bring it up, humans, so we can all start thinking like activists. So we can all start thinking a little something about it. Now, you know, what do we do? And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the coming years, if we're all still here. But I wanted to go ahead and plant that seed now that it's, you know, and, and I know people are saying it's happening, it's happening. Well, it's just like, it's fucking bummer, man. <laughs> It's a bummer to look out at a field that I usually walk in barefoot and I'm afraid I'm going to step on a bee 
but then I didn't want to walk on it barefoot because it looked kind of crackly. But we'll get there, humans. We'll get there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to single out some groups here soon enough. But I, I figured I'd plant a seed today. Only one more serious topic to go, humans. But we're going to talk about uh, something fun on the way. <laughs> Brian in Pelham, formerly Brian in Manhattan. Brian in Pelham called in a few weeks back and said, Hey, I want to give you a Who Loves You Pretty Baby. He said, you know, this this guy, this French um, basketball phenom is going to be the first pick in the NBA draft all by all accounts. By the way, the NBA draft, you know, again, you're going to hear this on Friday, June 20, Friday, June 23rd. As soon as humans, the NBA draft starts tonight, June 22nd here in Brooklyn. Interestingly enough. Uh, but the guy's name is really long. And I, I, I'm not going to pause to look it up. But he goes by Wimby. Or everyone's calling him Wimby. You know, Brian Brian brought it up. But Wimby threw out the first pitch at the Yankee game on Tuesday night. Or Wednesday night. And like so often happens with the first pitches, he totally missed the catcher. <laughs> he totally missed the catcher. I'm not saying I could do any better. I'm not saying I could do any better by any means. It's tough. It's 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 tough. I mean, there's, you know, people miss the catcher all the time, or they they short, you know, they throw it too short, or they throw it wild, and it happens all the time in first pitches. So if you ever get asked to do a first pitch, I there's got to be some moment of relief when you've if you've completed it, if you've actually gotten in, into the catcher's glove. Um, there's gotta be. And the list of celebrities that have missed the catcher is just, you know, on and on and on. And, and even former athletes. So I'm not trying to clown our boy Wimby here, but, um, what I just want to deconstruct the first pitch here for a second. It's like, you know, if, if someone just said, Hey, you're going to, you got to pitch a baseball to a catcher right now from the pitcher's mound. You, we could all maybe probably do it, but you've got like, couple days to think about it and then you got the limo ride out to the uh stadium and you're like oh man i gotta do this i gotta do this and then you know i've i've heard you know listen to sports radio humans which is partially why i'm a podcaster i love talk radio i hate saying i'm a podcaster it's part of why i'm a radio person <laughs> um but i listen to sports radio for years and i've heard athletes say you know you know, you have you have a million pitches when you're a pitcher, you know, in a game. I mean, assuming, you know, you have a decent outing. But you only have one pitch. I mean, it's just so much. It's just a different mental thing to go through the first pitch of a game. And, you know, one of my heroes, humans, is Jim Rome. So I listen to a lot of Jim Rome. And so I, I want to give him credit here. I heard this on his show on more than one occasion that uh, there was some catcher that came on, and his advice to anyone throwing a first pitch was, aim above me. Aim above me. The last thing you want to do, you know, of course you can throw it wild too, but you don't want to short hop it. You don't want to just throw it on the ground. So he's like, he always told people, aim above him. Because odds were they weren't going to throw it all the way over his head. He's like, I could always come up and catch it. I could always come out of my stance, jump up and catch it. Um. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw it short. So I've always heard that, but I mean, it doesn't, 
doesn't stop you from throwing it wild. And it's just got to be tough. And I was thinking, is there a business idea here? Not for me, but is there a business idea here? Have a first pitch academy. A first pitch academy. So you're a celebrity, you're a retired athlete, you're whatever, and you find out you're going to be throwing, or you're an active athlete in a different uh, sport, and you find out you're going, to throw, you're going to be throwing the first pitch at a game. Could someone make money having a first pitch academy? Now let's take the logistics out of like, there would need to be, you know, no one's going to like fly to New York and then take classes at the first pitch academy and then go to Seattle to throw, a, you know, throw a first pitch or, you know, you could fly to, you're going to need, let's take the logistics out of it. Maybe you could do this over Zoom. I don't know. But maybe this is a business idea. First Pitch Academy, you just you get someone who's not used to pitching a baseball, and you're like, listen, this is going to be a very big moment, but we're at least going to provide you with some fundamentals and most importantly, the mental, you know, like a sports psychologist, and the mental thing to just try to just be relaxed like you're just in the backyard throwing a ball. Maybe, you know, maybe if you had enough notice, you took a couple of lessons at a First Pitch Academy. I don't know. There could be a business idea there, humans. I'm giving it away for free. If you decide to do it, just give me credit. and Or, or have me come throw a first pitch sometime. I bet I could do it. But I would be, again, I bet I could do it. But I would, knowing me, I wouldn't be able to eat that day. You know, you can put food in front of me when I'm super, super anxious, but I just will pick at it. I will pick it. I can't eat when I'm super, super anxious. Uh, so I will not, I would not be able to eat that day. I can tell you that, humans, from other big stage moments I've had in my life. Uh, so I would be a ball of nerves. But sitting here right now on my chair at my desk doing this pot, I'd be like, yeah, I can do it with the proper training. And I mean the mental training. It's, it's probably less physical. Anyway. All right, humans, for our other heavy topic today, our other heavy topic today, e-bike fires. E-bike fires in New York City, but e-bike fires coming to a, a theater near you, a town near you, a home near you, a home underneath you, maybe. I've already vented about this on more than one occasion here on this podcast, humans, but we had another e-bike battery fire here in New York City, and four people died this week. They're the 13th, you know, they were the 9th, 10th, 11th. 12, no, they were the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th per persons to perish this year from a lithium-ion e-bike battery fire. And it's the 108th fire. 13 dead, 108 fires this calendar year. We're in, we're in late June. And here's my issue with this, humans. I'm going, well, I'll just say, one, like the advice on the television, on the television and on the radio, on, on TV and on the radio is like, well, at the very least, you have an e-bike, you know, never charge the battery when you're sleeping, never charge the battery in between you and like your exit. And that's all worst case. That's like. To me, that's like all worst case. It's like, hey, this thing could blow up because they kind of explode, apparently. 
even so, just catches on fire. It's like, it's like already assuming, like, I mean, it sounds like more dangerous than a candle. It's like, don't, do not charge this thing between you and your exit in your, of your exit, between you and the exit in your home. And do not charge this thing while you're sleeping. But, you know, maybe there's this other thing of like, well, maybe we shouldn't own these at all. Maybe you shouldn't own one at all. Now, now a lot of what they're saying is the batteries that are problematic are ones that people like try to refurbish or they buy like counterfeit ones online. Um, but I mean, whatever, dude. My issue with this is, all right, fine. You have an e-bike and you get it from a reputable company. And you're, you're smart about the battery and you follow the instructions correctly and you do the things. Okay. Okay. Still, it feels a little risky given everything's going on, but let's just, let's just take that. Let's just take that piece of the pie out right now and talk about the rest. Let's just say someone is like got some cheap battery they bought online because it was like hundreds of dollars cheaper. And let's just say that they're okay with that risk. And let's say they're like, well, I'm not going to charge it when I'm sleeping and I'm not going to put it between me and the exit. Okay. Well, part we're missing of that is you're not living on a farm where you're just going to burn down like your house and your own family. You're living in New York City. You live below people. You live next door to people. You live above people. I mean, fire rises, but still. It's like, it's kind of unconscionable to me that the advice that they're giving people is don't charge these when you're sleeping and don't put them between you and the exit. It's like, well, okay, they're happily taking that risk, but they're also taking on this risk for everyone else in their building. And those two safety standards are not enough for me. They're like worst case. They're like absolutely worst case. That would be like if you told me, if I somehow came upon a venomous snake that was also an endangered species. If I just came upon it in my home and by some miraculous luck, I managed to catch it in a pillowcase and I was terrified of it, but I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to call animal control in the morning, you know, or maybe I called animal control. They're like, no one can come in the morning, but I feel bad about this endangered species, you know? So I'm like, well, I can't, I can't kill this snake and I can't, I, you know, I trust myself that I'll get the job done. But also, I don't want this snake to fucking kill me, and I'm terrified. I wouldn't keep that sleep snake in my home while I was sleeping. I would stay awake all night. And I wouldn't keep that snake in a pillowcase. I would have tied it off at the top, of course. I wouldn't keep it between me and my exit either. I would keep it internally in my home, and I would be ready to run out if I saw that thing rustle on out. And I wouldn't sleep. That's like worst case. I mean, that's a crazy scenario to be in. But we're just saying, hey, you know, if you got if you got a stupid e-bike and you're being risky about these batteries, well, don't put it between you and the exit and uh, don't charge it at night. Well, that's not good enough for me. And who knows? I mean, I don't think anyone in my home has, a, has an, an e-bike or an e-scooter. But I mean, if you live in a big enough building, how many might be below you? And then 
what if you live in a big enough building and you like know you see a person riding some raggedy old thing? You're like, how 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 long have they had that battery? Did they buy that battery from a reputable source? I don't see a brand name on it. I mean, it's a little terrifying. And again, not for me because I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone here lives has one. But you're just kind of like, well, geez, I'm just totally subject to. What if my neighbor has one of these things? And what I think is going to happen is that, you know, the elected officials here in New York City are going to do something about this pretty soon. They're going to they're taking their time, obviously. Uh, because like this is like exponentially more fires and deaths than it was last year, like like already off the charts. And, you know, we're not even. We're just barely, uh, no, no, we're not even halfway through the year. So I think the elected officials are going to do something about this. But they're, they're dragging their feet. But they're going to, in my estimation. But what does this remind me of? Being totally subject to some stupid thing my neighbor owns. Oh, oh, mass shootings. Oh, I could be so terrified that I live in a building where a bunch of idiots have counterfeit batteries, where a bunch of idiots have like refurbished batteries and they're charging them. And great, man, they can get out of their apartment quickly, but the whole fucking building is going to go up. And who knows if they're going to pull an alarm or telling anybody, you know, you, you don't know. You're subject to what your idiot neighbors have. Well, we're all subject to if our idiot neighbors have an AR-15, aren't we? It's scary. You just don't know. You can do things the right way. In this case, I mean, don't have one. <clears throat> I don't like guns at all. I especially hate the AR-15, but I hate all guns. Um, but the way that I say, you know, New York City is going to do something about this lithium ion battery, battery nonsense. I don't, I don't have zero faith that our elected officials for this country are going to do anything about gun violence. I mean, we haven't yet. And it's scary. It's scary. I heard some people from New Zealand talking. I was overhearing a conversation when I was out at a pub. And one of them was saying, yeah, I was a little afraid to come to America. Like they were visiting or something. And one was like, yeah, I was a little bit afraid to come here because I was like, all the mass shootings. I'm like, man, that's the reputation of our country. Like, oh, if you were to go to Russia right now, it's like, dude, you probably shouldn't go to Russia as an American right now. You could get kidnapped and, you know, they'll, they'll use you as a tool and put you in a cage and... You know, it's just probably not worth it. People are probably saying that around the world right now. Man, you America's cool and all, but like you may not want to go over there, dude. I mean, you just you don't know where you're gonna get just shot by a maniac with an AR fifteen or other gun. And our elected officials do nothing. As we hear a siren in the background. Our elected officials 
do nothing. They're slow to react on this e-bike thing, but they're gonna, they'll, they'll do it. Something will happen. Something will eventually happen. Enough people will die. Enough businesses, that's important, commerce, that moves the needle. Enough businesses will be affected when the e-bike store and e-bike repair shop next to them, you know, goes up in horrible flames and it destroys the businesses on either side or if not farther. There will be legislation about this, but is there going to be about guns? I mean, when's enough enough? Like Serbia had that mass shooting and they already, they've already legislated stuff about it. <sighs> anyway. Uh, like I said, humans, we're going to do some of this nice and easy. We're going to do some of it nice and rough. So humans, let's turn these frowns upside down. Let's move on to something a little more light, shall we? The summer movie audio costume contest. Submissions are due Wednesday, July 5th. Yes, I moved it back a week. They're due by lunchtime, Wednesday, July 5th. July 5th. And I mean East Coast lunchtime. Okay. <laughs> Three o'clock does not count. Just because you say you're in Pacific time. Lunchtime on the East Coast, July 5th. And like I said, you, know, you pick a character, however big, however small, from a summer movie. What defines a summer movie? Use your brain. And it's not saying that'd be mean. Use your brain. You, you know what? You make a case for it. I'm not say that the the point of this isn't to stump the chump over here and say, ah, well, you know, that counts as a summer movie. No, but just be honest. Be honest. What do you think authentically is a summer movie? And there you go. So there's a contest. Everyone who participates will get a Sid Buck. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, fabulous prize coming soon. I will announce that soon. And instead of just thinking about this as a summer movie audio costume contest, you know what I think this really is, humans? We haven't... Now, we're in the hideaway now. When we break bread on this podcast, we are in the hideaway, the greater hideaway universe. But specifically, we're in that area of the hideaway. There's the, there's the hideaway. The beach bar that started it all. Adjacent to that is Hideaway Bluffs. Of course, there's the marina attached to Hideaway Bluffs. And on the first floor of Hideaway Bluffs, of course, if you're looking out at the water, this would be to your right. So your, you know, your back's kind of to Hideaway Bluffs. Of course, Hideaway Bluffs, the luxury uh, condos, they're at the Hideaway. They're on the first floor. You know, if you're looking out at the water. To the right is Mug Club Brewery. And of course, you know, further than that is Hideaway Bluffs Beach Club, which many of you are proud members of. And we'll get to that. If you're new to this, humans, just bear with me. This is the world. This is where we go in our minds. So I think what this actually is, this is a summer movie costume contest mixer at Hideaway Bluffs Beach Club. 
it's like, you know, early in the beach season, mid-beach season, kind of depending on where you live and what your weather's like. But let's just still say it's early. It's early. Early beach season, summer mixer at Hideaway Bluffs Beach Club. And the theme is summer movie costume party. So we're all there. You know, you're not just sending me your submissions using the voice memo app in your smartphone and then hitting the share button and emailing them to me at listenerline at sydneyholloshow.com. You're not just doing that. Yes, you're doing that here in the physical world. But the bond we have on this podcast, we also exist in our imaginations together. We combine our imaginations. We exist on this other plane. You know, the technology that you record your submission is, that's part of the phenomenal realm. But here at this podcast, here in this community that we've that we've started to build and that we're still building, we also, we don't just exist together in the phenomenal world. You know, you send me a file and then I put it up. We're existing together in the phenomenal world. But on this podcast, we also exist in the nominal world or the numinal world, the numinal realm, excuse me, the numinal realm. We exist there. Our imaginations combine and we have this world where we all hang out together and we're all going to do a mixer together. Now the mixer is on Friday, July 7th. That's when that show will air. That, when I record that, when you listen to that, you know, it may, you know it's on demand, right? I'm recording this, but then you're also choosing when you hear it. We're all having a slightly different time of this experience, but we're having it together, nevertheless. So when you're sending in your submission by Wednesday, July 5th at lunchtime, and maybe that means you're sending it in on our nation's birthday, Tuesday, July 4th. Maybe it means you're sending it in the day before that or the day before that. That's you picking out what you're going to wear to the mixer. That's you driving to the mixer. That's you taking an e-bike to the mixer. That's you taking a boat to the mixer. However you wish to arrive at the mixer. Taking a, a lift. Taking an, an electric car, you know. No more combustion. We're activists. That's you picking out what you're going to wear. Getting dressed. Having that getting dressed before a party beer. Or claw. And then it's you showing up. It's that, ooh, that, ooh, that dopamine burst when you walk in in your cool outfit and everyone notices you and you're like, look who's here. That's you recording it. That's you sending it. You know, that's, that's that feeling. And then when you hear it, and when I record it, the full master piece and I don't mean it's a masterpiece I mean everyone's clips together the masterpiece when I record that and put that together that's us at the mixer when you listen to it that's that's us at the mixer and folks participation is 
Although it's highly encouraged and it makes this show so fun and it really helps us build this community, it's not mandatory. If you'd rather just listen, that's that's fine. It's a lot more fun if you participate, but you're also at the mixer. You're also at the mixer. You're a little on the fringe. All right, you're a little on the fringe of the new people that moved in and you wanted to go see what this is about, but you're a little afraid to, to actually come, you know, <laughs> throw your arm around someone while you sing the Jimmy Buffett version of Piano Man or something. Uh, but if you're at the mixer, if you're really mixing... You're participating in the show. And why shouldn't the beach club have a mixer every year? We should honestly have one, a seasonal mixer. So we get to let our freak flags fly with each other. So this isn't just a costume contest, humans. It's a way where we all hang out in our imaginations for one episode once in a while. So I would like to formally invite all of you to the Hideaway, Hideaway Bluffs Beach Club Summer Mixer. And the theme is Summer Movie Audio Costume Contest. So with that said, humans, you have some time to think about your outfits. Again, this is an audio costume contest you describe what you would wear to this mixer you describe the character you would be in a summer movie and then you record that into you're, you're describing this into your smartphone into the voice memo app on your smartphone and then you're just taking that clip and you're hitting the share button and you're sending it to me listener line at sydneyhollishow.com everyone gets a sid buck for participating what are sid bucks you're going to hear more about that soon we're really on a roll this summer and the winner gets a very big prize. Well, humans, we spent another week together. And boy, I had some fun. I hope you had some fun. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Peace and love, humans. Peace and love.